All right, here we go, folks. So another podcast, another Friday. Let's get into it. So I'm liking getting back into the rhythm of things, you know, with the podcasting and the emails on Friday. It's uh, it's a nice, different style of content than I offer in my YouTube, which is the majority of what I do now, you know, on social media. It's pretty cool. I, I, I like my podcasting. It's uh, my first love when it came to uh, social media. So uh, this is now this podcast is now four years old. Uh, coming up to five years old, um, pretty cool. So uh, anyway, today what I wanted to talk about was injuries and a bit of a mindset shift with what causes injuries. That's the big thing I wanted to talk about. Now, before we get into that, um, I've not said this for a while, but go ahead and leave me a five-star review on iTunes um, or a some kind of review on SoundCloud. Um, Spotify is another good one. Um, yeah, review me, give me a five-star rating. That helps to get my name out there, helps to get more people viewing the podcast and all that kind of stuff. So that's the general idea. But yeah, that'd be great. Now, with regards to what I wanted to talk about, so I want to talk about injuries, and I want to talk about a mindset shift with regards to in- injuries. And when I talk about injuries, I don't just mean the, oh, whoops, moment in the gym where something snaps or breaks or whatever. I'm talking about chronic injuries, pain. We all live it. We all go through it. We're all going to go through it, right? Um, But I want to sort of talk about how we can avoid, if you're young, how you can avoid that for as long as possible. And if you're older, then how you can live life with the minimum amount of pain. And hopefully on most days, no pain. Because I think it's, I think it's almost seen as an inevitability. And I think it's because of the medical community's stance on injuries and pain over the years, which has then been funneled through to doctors and then funneled through to the regular people. Because um, most people will get their sort of gym and training advice from, you know, PTs and coaches and all that. But when it comes to actual pain, they'll go to a doctor for that, right? I think you guys would agree with me with that. And that seems to be the majority of how people view, you know, where they get their injury information from, or maybe physios. And physios, in my mind, are not not a great deal better. Uh, Nine out of 10 sort of physios that I've spoken to or, or I've seen their content on Instagram and social media, they also have a very backward view on injuries. So I don't view physios as, as any more educated. And a lot of their information comes from outdated practices, which again, come from where doctors get their information from. So I I want to just lay out my argument here, and then I'm going to deep dive into a few things. I think majority of injuries come from a combination of two things. One, the body not being ready to withstand the workload that's being asked of it. Okay, that's the first thing. So that could be acutely or it could be long-term. So over the long-term, you could just be doing way more than your body can recover from. So it gets injured over time or it just feels more and more painful. That's the first thing, okay? Second thing in that area is acute injuries. So you go to a gym, you know, you're a guy, and it's always guys, isn't it? We do this kind of stuff. You go to a guy, you try, you go to a, you go to a gym, you're a guy, you try and lift, you know, four plates aside on the incline bench and you snap your pec. Like you all saw that guy last year. The guy on Instagram recently who was trying to demonstrate progressive overload, completely failed horribly, was doing a barbell curl with 60 kilos, a preacher curl, sorry, with 60 kilos, snapped both bicep tendons um, at once. I mean, just ridiculously insane. So that, those acute injuries are both an example of somebody, once again, um, trying to do more than they are able to recover from. So clearly 180 kilo incline bench for that guy was way too much because he was struggling with 140. Um, for this guy with the barber curl, you know, it's it's just 
it was just ridiculous. He'd never done anything like that before and he snapped his shit up. So that's the first thing, is exceeding your body's ability to recover from stress, whether that's chronically or acutely. That's the first thing, broken down into two parts, if you guys are following me so far. The second thing, and this is a little bit more controversial, is poor diet and lifestyle, leading to poor health. That's the second thing. I think there's a reason why most people start to get injured in their early 30s. There's a reason for that. It's because when you're in your 20s, you can do pretty much anything and get away with it. You're not healthy because you make good lifestyle choices, no matter whether you're able to you know, show off your progress on social media. And just to break it to you guys listening, your coach, if he's 25 years old, is not in good shape because of his lifestyle choices. He's in good shape because he's in his 20s. Most of the time, people will start to break apart in the early 30s, and this includes coaches too. This includes coaches. Coaches, PTs will start to break apart, fall apart in the early 30s because their shit life choices up to that point will start to have an effect because the body's at the age where it's less robust. It's just less new. You know, you have a body who's only 20 to 25 years old. It's not going to get injured no matter what crap you put it through. Late nights, booze, drinking, the occasional sweets, chocolates, all that kind of stuff. And then a bunch of horrible training practices on top of that, you're just not going to get injured. You start to see people get injured into their early 30s, 30 to 35. I don't really take a lot of advice from PTs and coaches seriously before that age. I know that's like a massive sort of stereotype, but it's just true because you, you, when you're in your early sort of 20s, you combine a sense of sort of arrogance with the fact you've never been injured before or anything, and you, you don't have to ever really retrospectively look into things. So it's hard to take people like that seriously. Um, when people hit about 30 to 35, that's when you start to see people getting niggling injuries. Oh, yeah, I used to lift, but I got hurt. The reality is their training and eating practices up until that point were always crap. They just experienced the consequence of that into the 30s. It's the same with people taking drugs too. I mean, a lot of you know the, the steroid abuse that goes on in the, in the 20s, people, it doesn't really show up in the body until the 30s. And that's where people start to fall apart. So we see a lot of that. Anyway, my first sort of point is here, inactivity or really just inappropriate activity leading to injuries. Second thing is poor diet and lifestyle. Now, I think the first one is is worth exploring before we move on. So what used to be thought of as the cause of injuries was just doing stupid things in the gym. Okay. Now, I think, you know, just like trying far too much weight and then just basically either being dumb or getting unlucky. That used to be thought of as how the body got injured. And it was just a case of if you went to your doctor, they would tell you, look, you're going to rest it for like three months or whatever, because you've hurt yourself. So you've got to leave it alone, right? You've, you've heard that sort of thinking before. And some of you guys who are listening to this, who might be very young, like 20, 19, you might not have heard that before. And, and thank God, because we've, we've hopefully moved on. The medical community has moved on. Just complete rest for an injury is probably the worst thing you can do past the initial roughly five to 10 days, depending on how long it takes for that initial pain to wear off. So complete inactivity is, is some of the worst thing you can do. I think you know the uh, usual prescription for don't touch it again for another month or three months is horrendous advice. The body needs a reason to recover. It needs a reason to get stronger again. You're not just going to suffer an injury and then all of a sudden get back to your ultimate strength. It doesn't happen that way. What tends to happen is 
you suffer an injury because you're weak. And in the context of when I say weak, I mean, you, you've exceeded your body's ability to recover from the stress you've imposed upon it, okay? Now, but I'll just say you're weak because it's easier to say than that entire sentence um, every single time I mention it. But you've exceeded your, you've you got injured because you're weak. Now, due to the injury, you've gotten a lot weaker in that moment. The moment that your shit got snapped up, you all of a sudden got an extra 100, 200% weaker, right? Because something got snapped, something got strained, something got pulled. So what was weak before has all of a sudden got even weaker. Now, the problem here is if you just rest that area past the initial sort of week or so of acute pain and inflammation, that weakness is never going to get stronger. So it's always going to be weak. I think this is the key point and is the key sort of mindset shift that we need to, um, we need to be aware of when it comes to treating injuries. That's the first thing. I think it's first thing is to accept, look, you didn't get injured because you were unlucky. You got injured because you're weak and now you are even weaker. And the only way to actually recover is to get stronger. That, just viewing your injuries in that way is probably the most powerful thing you can do because then you stop feeling sorry for yourself. You stop just getting depressed and down by it. No, this is a thing. We don't, it's just, we are, we are especially, I don't know, I was going to say especially men, but I think we are, we are usually off the mind that if something is wrong, we need to fix it, right? Okay. Now, just being told, hey, you've got to rest it and then leave it to chance and hopefully it'll get better. That doesn't sit well with a lot of people. In fact, it leads people to depression and anxiety over their injuries. If you just take the mindset of, okay, look, I'm not going to sit around and wait for this to get better. I'm actually going to go and fix it myself. It, it prevents you from doing two things. One, it prevents you from just having complete inactivity, which is horrible, right? We've established that already. And the second thing, it also stops you from every now and again going into, quote unquote, test it to see if it's better, right? Let's say, let's just take a, let's give, put some numbers on this. Okay, let's, let's take a chest, for example. Let's say you previously used to bench 100 kilos, right? You went in, you tried to bench, say, 120 because your mates put you up to it. You snapped your shit up. Congratulations. Now, you could bench 100 kilos before, so your chest was never really that strong. Now, let's say you've snapped it up. Right now, you might have the strength to bench maybe 30 kilos, so you're even weaker. So if we just decide to rest, all that's going to happen is you'll either maintain that 30 kilo strength or you'll get slightly weaker, like maybe down to 20 or something, you know, past the initial week. Now, if you don't progressively build yourself from 20 to 30 to 40 to 50 to 60 to 70, use muscle memory to get back up to 100, and you just go for what most people will do is go for complete rest, completely leave it alone, and then a month down the line, they're starting to feel better. Go, oh, yeah, you know what? I feel pretty good. I'll go in and test it. Work up to 80 kilos, bam, injure themselves again. Shit, back down to 20 kilos. This time, probably worse because they've just been inactive for so long. Crap, rest again, six weeks, go back again, test it, snap again. So if you take the viewpoint that you're weak, you got weaker, you need to build yourself up progressively, well, how do we build ourselves up? We build ourselves up step by step. So we take that and we go from 20 to 30 to 40 to 50 and we progressively get stronger. I promise you guys, if you take that attitude towards things, 
you will suffer a lot less heartbreak. I know because I've been down that road. Yeah. We didn't have all of this information when I was younger and getting injured. Like we didn't have a lot of this, a lot of what I know in hindsight now. Like that's the, if you, if you take that view, you will cause yourself a lot less grief on a regular basis. Yeah. In the same way, if you have like a chronic injury, you can work around it and still work the muscle and sort of aim at strengthening it in different ways. Like a common thing is shoulders with people. People will be, will have just chronic shoulder issues for, for a long, long time. They'll either rest it, they'll get surgery on it, they'll do something like that. But either way, most of the time it can be fixed by one, taking maybe a week or so off completely and then working back into exercise with lifts that they can do which work for them. So that might be form adjustments. It might be completely different exercises. A very, very common one is using dumbbells rather than barbells. Very common. Like right now, I have a bit of a shoulder niggle, but it doesn't hurt unless I do some particular things. So I'm not doing those things. You know, it's um, it's fine. And particularly from a, from a bodybuilding point of view, you don't really need to do any particular movement. So you can just avoid things and just work around them, eventually just getting better and stronger. So I'm of the mind that activity is almost always the best solution. Now, the second thing, this is not as obvious, and it's poor diet and lifestyle leading to poor health. This is something that I saw in hindsight when I finished my powerlifting career. A lot of the guys who were, I mean, looking back now over the span of, you know, 20 years of being involved in powerlifting, the guys who were mostly getting injured and were getting injured quite rapidly usually also didn't have a very good grasp on health. Now, by that I mean they either their body fat levels were far too high, which was driven by poor choices in food. They took a lot of drugs, which give them some temporary increase in strength, but then usually led to some horrific injuries because this, you're, when you're on drugs, your strength can go up despite your health being shit, right? That's, I guess that's the definition of, of being on drugs and steroids and stuff like that. It's your performance will increase regardless, okay, of what you do, you know? Just go in the gym, do a few squats and deadlifts, and you're gonna get stronger for the most part. And I saw a lot of these guys doing that kind of stuff, but always, 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 the guys who were very, very drug-fueled, they almost always got injured. Now, people people like to say um, drugs make the tendons weaker and the connective tissues weaker, and probably some of you at home are, are thinking that now. But I'm not sure that connection has ever really been proven in a laboratory. We have a sort of a, a few studies which show mechanistically why it might happen, but nothing which is conclusive. We just know there's a correlation. I think the correlation for that is actually that people just get unhealthy. I, I really think that's what it is. I think people just get unhealthy and the lack of um, robust health is what causes things to start breaking down when you put demands on the body that it's not capable of, of doing. I think some of it boils down to hydration as well. Um, I'm going to run a health series on my YouTube at some point where I'm going to talk people through how to have a balanced diet, an actual precisely balanced diet, not just one which, in which you pay sort of lip service to it, but an actual precisely balanced diet. I'll show you how to use chronometer to set that up. And for, for what I see, a lot of people are chronically running low in some of the major ones like sodium and potassium. And for a lot of people who salt their food, they don't even think about potassium. So there are huge discrepancies there and holes in people's knowledge. So I want to sort of help people with that. But I think, yeah, the big ones are sodium, potassium, magnesium, calcium, zinc, um, vitamin D, vitamin K, vitamin E. These are some big ones, which 
we have the technology now to set up our diets in a very balanced way so that most of the week we can have a very, very balanced diet. Now, with a lot of, like, just to give you an example, on chronometer, you can put in what would seem like a very good diet, like full of fruits and vegetables, full of, um, you know, meat, fish, eggs, all that kind of stuff, right? It still comes up with a whole bunch of nutritional deficiencies. You could put in what um, your doctor might tell you is a good diet, like a diet high in grains, <laughs> low in fat. That would come up with even more nutritional deficiencies. So you can imagine what the average person who's just eating average crap would come up with. Like the average person, you know, the coffee and good intentions in the morning, um, a croissant for break, lunch with a little bit of cake uh, because cake's always going around the office, come back home, eat some snacks, dinner is like a reasonably cooked affair. That person, the average person, is walking around with a ton of nutritional deficiencies, like massive amounts. All that stuff is amplified for guys who are training because the guys who are training, a lot of them who don't really have an interest in health per se, all they'll do is they'll just have a lot more of that. They won't have a lot more of the good food. They won't really delve into good health, nutrition. You'll see them doing stupid things like um, having sweets during the gym routine. You, you see that you probably, you, there's, there's probably somebody on Instagram you follow who, who eats sweets during the training session thinking like that's good nutrition. But then, you know, if you look at their diets as a whole, plug them into chronometer, absolutely disastrous. So I'm going to do a series which shows people how to use chronometer for that effectively. But anyway, on a long-term basis, what I've seen is poor dietary and lifestyle choices tend to lead to poor health, which tends to correlate with people getting injured. Some people are just like really robust and it won't happen to them. And you can never really tell. But um, certainly a lot of the guys who I knew who got injured a ton generally did so because their body fat levels were far too high. Their health just wasn't very good. And it's only really the kind of stuff you see years later when they discuss kind of diet or whatever. You can look back and you see correlations. Um, but that's kind of what I've seen. I personally feel if you're getting into bodybuilding right now, your primary focus should be as healthy as possible. Now, that this works two ways. One, as healthy as possible means you should try and maintain a reasonable body fat percentage. Okay, I'm not saying you should be shredded or whatever, but a reasonable body fat percentage because that is really the effort. That is really the outcome of your effort. So like you can tell me, hey, I, I eat healthy, but if you're 50 pounds overweight and you're full of shit, you know, I'm sorry if that offends people, but it's, it's just the way it is. But conversely, on the other hand, you also don't want to be underweight either. And you don't want to have a bad relationship with food because that is not health. And I guarantee you the binge purge cycle, which a lot of people have in a fairly sort of undiagnosed way, that's also equally as bad for your health too. I guarantee you that. And it will lead to very poor outcomes in the future. If you're young enough to get away with it, cool, you know. But uh, just understand that like you, it's not, you're not not getting injured because you know, you're, you're doing something right. You're probably not getting injured because you're young. But if you're young and, you know, you have these eating issues and you're still getting, you know, weird stuff going on in the gym, like sore back or sore knees, or whatever, then you really need to sit up and pay attention and go, holy shit, what am I doing to myself? Because um, if you're getting hurt and stuff before you're 30, then it, it's really a case that, okay, I need to maybe put some of my issues aside here and think, figure out what I'm doing. But um, anyway, I kind of I wanted to talk a bit about yeah injuries today and some of the leading causes. I think it's yeah it's it's, it's trying too much too soon, and for a lot of people, that is just a, a, an artifact of them being inactive 
for life, you know, just not very active. It's the classic weekend warrior sy syndrome, isn't it? People will be in an office nine to five on the weekend, attempt CrossFit and get injured. I mean, it's no surprise, you know? So um, there's that. And there's also a poor diet and lifestyle, which I feel doesn't show up for a while. And it's much more subtle because it's in the background. No one ever suspects that. People always look at the last thing they're doing in the gym, but actually it's more than likely a lot of what, what they're putting in their bodies. Um, and I'll say it again, if you're getting injured, like very easily, you're in chronic pain, more than likely, there are some fairly major deficiencies in your body. And that is what needs to be addressed primarily before anything else. Now, in terms of actual rehab protocols, um, I'll talk about those next time. I wasn't really wanting to get into that today, but I wanted to talk a bit about sort of causes of injury because it's, um, it's a major factor. It's also one of the reasons why, as a coach, I can't really just look at people's training or look at people's diet in isolation. You've got to look at both together. Every now and again, I'll get somebody who just wants me to look at you know, their training doesn't want to touch their diet but or is just very lax about their diet i always try and emphasize that this is something i'd like to have input on at some point because the thing is most people don't know how bad their diets are they assume they're having a good diet because because they're you know either they've read a few things they maybe take an interest sometimes they're even they're even nutritionists themselves they, they tend to be the worst because they really don't know anything but they have the arrogance to think they do um, but again, if the person's physique shows that they are overweight, tired all the time, getting ill all the time, it, it says something. I'm not saying that, you know, anyone who's, who sort of doesn't get injured or whatever, they don't have their issues. They might do. Um, they might just be very robust, but this is one where individuality comes into play. Either way, I do believe that like poor diet and stuff is going to bite you in the ass at some point. Um, whether that's sooner or later, if it's sooner then. It really, it's your body crying out for help. Say, look, you need to fix this. If you're carrying an excess 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds of weight, you're constantly ill, you're in pain, then a lot of times it is diet fueled. Yeah. So I think we need to sort of uh, just acknowledge that and try and get help. But, um, and on that note, that is a lot of what I specialize in. So do contact me if you would like some more information on that. Or basically, if you want to work with me for a while, that'd be cool. But um, I wanted to just talk about that today. So hopefully you guys are well, having a great Friday. And um, yeah, give me some five-star reviews on iTunes. That'd be helpful. And message me with any with any topics you might be interested in me discussing. Um, it'll sort of prompt me to, to talk about stuff. So, all right, guys, I'll call it there. All the best. <laughs>